This is the John Oakley Show podcast. And around the table are ensconced, uh, well, two of my regular colleagues and somebody filling in for me because I'm hosting. And uh, let's introduce, first of all, David Wills, Senior Vice President of Media Profile, a leading Toronto public relations agency. David, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Peter. It's great to be here. And I just want to wish you on behalf of Michael Diamond and myself a happy December. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, with with a nod in the direction of MP Bob Bratina. Of course. Is that weird? All right. Stephen Holliday, Deputy Mayor, Councillor Ward 2. We got some things for you today. Etobicoke Center is uh, where what you represent. That's what Ward 2 is. Stephen, how are you doing? I'm doing just great. Always a pleasure to join you on the panel there, Peter. I bet you can't wait to adopt the, uh, the these special busways on those five streets that the TCC wants. Oh. You don't know what I'm talking about. You will. Michael Diamond, campaign strategist and political commentator with Upstream Strategy Group. Welcome, sir. Very merry Thursday to you all. This is going to travel around, and if if you don't know what we're referring to here, what this joke is, there's an MP for the Hamilton area named Bob Bratina. And uh, he posted something, and I'm still not sure whether this was his idea of a joke or just a way to get around saying things like Merry Christmas, Happy Diwali, Happy Hanukkah, whatever it happens to be. And he posted on Twitter, Happy December, everyone. And that's what we're talking about. It's, Peter, I, I, I hate to take the wind out of the sail because I've been having some fun with this, uh, yes. uh, especially on, on social media <laughs> with Michael. Apparently, he sends... A monthly greeting out the first of every month, so it's not actually a war on Christmas. So we we have to let him off on that. But he sends one for January, February, like Happy I, October. I David's right, but we still need to be vigilant in this war on Christmas. And I'm really proud of my company. Our shareholder agreement has a specification that our card that's sent out in December says Merry Christmas. God, you're getting as bad with Wills as you are with Stinton. Let's move into some topics worthy of discussion. The throne speech. Now, I don't know how much attention uh, you lot paid to it this afternoon, but uh, it's our job to pay attention to it. And I would say that uh, since I summarized it once for Professor Nelson Wiseman, who knows his, his uh, P's and Q's when it comes to political science, I'll summarize it again and I'll probably be right. It's more of same without the proportional representation of four years ago. In other words, we're going to deal with climate change, uh, we're going to help the middle class, uh, we're going to do these kinds of things and and continue to do what we started on the, the part of Trudeau, with some nods generally in the direction of the West, where uh, we're, we're devoid of liberal representation in the prairies, uh, and nods in the direction of two uh, minority parties, not to say uh, smaller parties, the NDP and the Bloc Québécois, because Trudeau has to be deferential to them. But uh, nothing adopted in there that was of any uh, immediate consequence in terms of changing the flow in the uh, House of Commons. What do you think about that, Michael Diamond? Look, I think, you know, it, it was somewhat surprising because we've seen, I think, a more humble Justin Trudeau. I know it was pointed out that in previous years, Justin Trudeau's favorite holiday was uh, um, Halloween, and he'd make a big show of it. And this year, we didn't see that. So I think, you know, he he had been until this point very respectful of the election results. I think we could have seen a bit more, but certainly uh, much less boastful than his first throne speech uh, four short years ago. Okay, Stephen Holliday, let me let me twist this a little bit. One of the things that came up in my conversation with Professor Wiseman, and it's his job to look for shadings and nuances rather than say, "Yeah, he's going to fix climate change." He says or, the taxes will get heavier. Um, Nelson said. Look, um, the the way things shook down, the speaker who was elected, Rhoda, MP Rhoda, uh, is 
a new speaker who, it seems, was not the one that the liberals would have chosen. They wanted to keep going with Speaker Regan. But um, other parties would have it differently. So the nuance is the conservatives exercised uh, their significant presence in the House by deciding that they were not going to support the continuation of Speaker Regan. Are you buying that? And do you think that that is an interesting shading or nuance as we head into a new parliament? Well, I think it's uh, it's congruent with what we saw in, in the, the, the speech. It seems like Trudeau is picking little uh, battles or courtships, maybe is what I would call them, um, it, it, what I saw today was a collection of safe bets, and maybe this was an olive branch extension to the parties where they had some disagreement over the speaker. This is an easy battle to get over and perhaps buy some credit. But if you look at some of the things that were announced, um, there are some signals regarding the pipeline, and that speaks well to conservatives, and maybe there's a vote there that they can work together on. There was some discussion around um, prohibition on military-style firearms, and my suspicion is some out of the left will uh, make a deal with the liberals to to possibly pass that, although I didn't see the word handguns except when it came to municipalities. So there seems You're not going to. Gonna. Be, You're not going to. Right. Be, because they had already announced the, the, uh, the military-style thing before the dissolution of Parliament. So they're, they're laying out uh, a whole bunch of stepping stones that they can, I think, achieve fairly easy wins on. And the whole point of this is to keep the government moving forward and, and chart out a path of a bunch of wins that they can demonstrate to Canadians and, and you know, sustain some motion on. Uh, nothing radical, and perhaps nobody really expected that. Okay, so David Wills, let's let's continue this, and I'll I'll quantify what Stephen was just uh, alluding to. What we heard about was we're going to fight climate change, we're going to lower taxes for the middle class, we're going to beef up gun control, i.e., the military weapons. We're going to take steps towards national pharmacare, but that's that's uh, kind of veiled steps towards national pharmacare and investments in infrastructure, public transit, affordable housing, and healthcare. We have heard this song before. Not saying there's anything wrong with any of those, but that's what they were ostensibly doing prior. What's a little bit different, and this is where I'm looking for a reaction from you, is universal dental care, one of NDP leader Jagmeet Singh's priorities, was cited in the speech as, and I'm quoting, worth exploring, and one that Parliament was encouraged to look into. Doesn't say they're going to do it. And another nod, this one for the Bloc Québécois, the government promised that dairy farmers impacted by recent trade agreements, now we're dealing with Quebec, will be fully and fairly compensated with many receiving their first checks this month. So those were in there. I guess I don't like to use the word SOP, but I will as SOPs to those two parties because he's going to need them. What do you think of that? Well, I think there's a SOP, if you want to call it that, for, for all the parties, including the Conservatives. The you know, there's, you know, mentions of getting oil to Tidewater, which is, you know, Alberta language. There's, you know, minority governments are often good governments for one reason, which is, you know, it's the, the old saying, what's the best way to eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And I think that that's where we're going to see is that they're going to have to pick their, their partner to get certain things done. And they're going to pick things that are less controversial, that aren't going to be big ideological leaps um, but they're, you know, they have to pick at some point, and it won't be the first year, uh, that how they're going to fight the next election. Are they going to fight it as the conservative liberals that, that that we've seen, or are they going to be the progressive liberals that we've seen? And they're going to pick on who they think they they need to fight against in the next election. We didn't see that here, but you know, the the NDP will be very frustrated on 
Uh, no mention of settling the lawsuit with uh, with First Nations children. That's a big one. Uh, addressing the water issues again. That's just this high level aspirational things. Nothing nothing concrete. The pursuing pharmacare baby step by baby step is not going to be good enough. Uh, but you know, from the conservative side, you know, just the words on the pipeline is also not going to be good enough. So they're going to have to take a big step at some point in which direction they go in. That was not revealed today. But no matter what happens, Michael Diamond, we're not going to see anything change very soon because we're dealing with about ten days of uh, of sitting of the House of Commons, which means essentially they're going to debate this speech, and the speech is going to pass uh, probably on a voice vote because nobody's going to defeat the government, nobody has any money, nobody has any appetite for an election. Uh, what will unfold will unfold beginning sometime in late January, yes? Yeah, frankly, I think the only party that would benefit from an election right now is uh, is Justin Trudeau because of the uh, conservative infighting, so uh, highly unlikely that uh, we end up at an election because of this, and yeah, when the House comes back after, uh, after the Christmas Christmas break uh, when December is over, Bob Britannia, um, we're gonna we're gonna see uh, we're gonna see uh, a more contentious Parliament. I think one thing we should add though is uh, that uh, the mention of dairy farmers and compensation for dairy farmers certainly a bone for the Bloc Quebecois, but also a bit of a dig at Andrew Scheer because uh, he's obviously uh, ha- does have some pressure on his leadership, and uh, the dairy farmers in Quebec were the single most critical constituency to make Andrew Scheer the Conservative leader if uh, they don't have a pressing issue from the other parties, a threat threat of uh, the loss of wind-down of supply management or lack of compensation, if that's to happen, uh, because the other parties are offside where, where Andrew Scheer is, there'll be less motivation for uh, Quebec dairy farmers to rejoin the Conservative Party and uh, protect Andrew Scheer's uh, leadership. So perhaps uh, the, the Liberals are less inclined to run a, another election against Andrew Scheer than some of the Conservative critics uh, are portraying. On topics worthy of discussion with David Wills and Stephen Holliday and Michael Diamond and myself, Peter Sherman for Oakley on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.